You're listening to The Nut, another wrestling podcast. All right, let's get to it. Welcome to another edition of the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. CJ Palmasano here. I am your host. And today we're going to be going through a lot of big news stories that happened this week on the podcast. We have a lot to get into. We have a lot of things like uh, for this Sunday, not only is it Father's Day, so happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Um, but we also have Hell in a Cell. We're we'll getting into Hell in a Cell predictions. Uh, we have news about AEW running their first show in New York City. We have John Cena commenting on his WWE return. We have uh, Roman Reigns versus Rey Mysterio being moved to tonight's SmackDown. Being removed from the Hell in a Cell card to tonight's SmackDown. And I'll give you some, uh, not insight, but some theories I have as to when... And if Roman Reigns will be a part of Hell in a Cell this Sunday. But the big news we're going to kick things off with is that Samoa Joe returned to NXT. So Samoa Joe, uh, as we all know, earlier this year was released during the first round of releases from WWE in early 2021, along with the Iconics, uh, I believe Chelsea Green and Mickey James, to name a few. So uh, Samoa Joe was a guy where you look at and you're just like, you release Samoa Joe? You can't do anything with Samoa Joe? So uh, it was learned that Triple H was not a part of the process to choose as to which talent gets released and who doesn't because apparently to Triple H per reports he had no clue he was like who wh- you what now like to to quote Jim Jeffries you fucking what when <laughs> so uh Triple H has no say in who gets released and who doesn't so that was completely up to Vince McMahon as to what Dave Meltzer said per the wrestling observer so, I'm going to talk about NXT a little bit here and how Joe has just revitalized life into just one episode of NXT. Just having Joe there made a huge, huge difference for this show. So, William Regal comes out and he just kind of gives uh, his, his uh, you know, a brief history of his time there. You know, how he's been, NXT has been a big part of his life and uh, he was announcing that he was stepping down as NXT general manager and he gets interrupted by Karrion Cross. And Karrion Cross says, you know, you're out here, you're pathetic, Regal, trying just call it a day and leave is pretty much what Karrion Cross is saying. The crowd's booing, which is a full capacity crowd now in uh, the Capitol Wrestling Center. You know, everybody's all fans are in there, seats are full fully packed. The um, the Thunderdome ask uh, fans are gone. But everybody's still wearing a mask in the arena. So, Karrion Cross is talking shit about William Regal. And in comes Samoa Joe. The crowd erupts. Joe! 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 And this was exciting just to see. See Samoa Joe back. And William Regal 
uh, kind of on the spot says, you know, I want, he's like, I wanted to tell you this backstage, but since you're here, I am now naming Samoa Joe, the new general manager of NXT. And Joe respectfully declines the offer. You're like, huh? That's weird. Instead, Samoa Joe says to William Regal that NXT is where it is today because of William Regal, because of all the the world-class talent he's gone out and got. I mean, that's kind of Triple H, but Regal too. In in kayfabe, Regal's the guy who's gotten all these talent. Um... He says that instead of taking his job as general manager, what he wants to do is he wants to be his enforcer. He wants to be the one to put respect on Regal's name to anybody who is disrespectful towards him. And he's looking right at Karrion Cross, And William Regal accepts, but he said he is not to lay a finger on talent. The crowd's kind of like, uh Unless he, and then he's seeing how Joe's still staring down across. He's looking over. He's like, unless provoked. And everyone's like, ah, yeah. And, you know, so Samoa Joe is saying all this shit. And he's like, you know, that being said, and looks right across and goes, what the hell are you still standing here for? Just, just immediately, it's like Samoa Joe just brought so much life to what NXT needed so badly, man. I mean... This is what it is. Samoa Joe is just, he's the best. He's like the best promo guy. Like, he's able to just make you feel like this guy is legit. This guy is the best talker, the best wrestler. Like, he does everything so fluently and so perfectly that you believe Samoa Joe is Samoa Joe. Like, if I'm going to meet Samoa Joe at a signing or something, Samoa Joe I get at the signing is the same Samoa Joe I see in TV. Or, well, I shouldn't say a signing because it's kind of partially kayfabe and all that with all the fans. Let's say if I met Samoa Joe in the street, if I met Samoa Joe in the street or at a bar or something, I'm like, this is the, the same Samoa Joe I see on my TV. is the same Samoa Joe I would get if I met him randomly on the street or something. You know, and throughout the night, we're seeing all this, you know, all this cool, all these cool segments with Samoa Joe. You know, we see him with, um, you know, Adam. We see Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly fighting backstage, and William Regal saying how they're going to be, they're going to have another unsanctioned match at the Great American Bash, and they are going to be action next week. Kushida's going to be facing Kyle O'Reilly because Kyle O'Reilly was during was at Kushida's open challenge for the Cruiserweight Championship. Cole will be in action next week as well. Um, you know, Regal tried to break up the fight. They're going back and forth. Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole. Uh, Joe tries to get in, involved, and he pulls. Up, he tries to pull away uh, Adam Cole just to get away from Kyle O'Reilly, and Cole just shoves Joe out of the way. And the look on Joe's face where he's just like, did he just... Did, and he just puts his ass to sleep, and he's ruthless and brutal. He's fucking choking out Adam Cole and lays him on the ground. And he just says to everybody, when he's done, tell him Regal wants to see him. Like, yo. Immediately, I'm just like, Samoa Joe versus Adam Cole. Samoa Joe versus Adam Cole. Samoa Joe versus Adam Cole. Like, it's like Regal said, you know, he's like, you, you can't touch anybody unless provoked. Well, he was provoked, all right. Adam Cole pushed him. And then, you know, we see later on with Samoa Joe and William Regal talking and then, uh, Johnny Gargano and Austin Theory come in, and uh, Johnny's like, "Go, Joe, 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 Joe." <laughs> William Regal's like, "What the hell do you want, Johnny?" 
<laughs> like, he's like, hey, man, listen, like, I got to say, this is a great decision because, y- I mean, I broke your pencil in front of you and you lost it. You lost your mind. And, J- and J- Joe tells him, get the hell out of there. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, okay. And I'm just seeing, like, Johnny Gargano versus, oh, my God, Johnny Gargano versus, versus Samoa Joe. And then just walks in Pete Dunn. And he's just staring down Samoa Joe. I'm like, yo, that is like, oh my god! Like my my brain was just going nuts, absolutely nuts with the potential dream matches we could see from Samoa Joe in NXT. If it is kind of like more of a part, I mean, a lot of people probably, myself included, probably want him to see more of a full time wrestling capacity. But I think this is a great. Honestly, perfect role for Samoa Joe, because you get to see him every week on TV. At least, at least the very least, every week or every other week um, on TV, NXT TV. He's already brought so much life to the, the, the pro that the that the brand needed so badly. You know, it, it's not that NXT has been bad for a long time. It's just it's lost a lot of its flavor and a lot of reasons that made NXT NXT. Uh, you know, back in like 2018, during like my honestly my peak era of NXT with guys like Alistair Black, Ricochet, the War Raiders, Gargano and Champa were at their highest of highs. Ricochet, Velveteen Dream, Matt Riddle, you know, all this talent coming in. Um, and you know, it's still been a great brand, and they're still great wrestlers. It's just it's lost a lot of um flavor, I guess. You know. Um, and, and, and you know, obviously had Adam Cole in his feud era as well. Uh, so, yeah, that's my whole thing with, with Samoa Joe. I mean, I just see all the matches like you know, Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, Johnny Gargano, Pete Dunne. Uh, you know, you get Kyle O'Reilly involved with him. Carrying Cross, you know, Cross could learn a thing or two from Samoa Joe. Could really carry him through a really great match. Uh, there's just so many group of guys, you know, like as well as like Bronson Reed. Or a Kushida, or a um, maybe Bobby Fish. I don't. I, mean, I don't think Bobby Fish has been showing up on TV in a while. Um, you know, there's just such a crop of talent Joe could work with, and it just it, it excites me so much, man. It excites me so so much. So, if I had to book uh, like a series of matches between now and let's say. Um, until like WrestleMania weekend of like takeovers, because I imagine Samoa Joe is gonna wrestle. It's just gonna be like more of a part-time basis. I would say probably if you can, if you can do a takeover the weekend of SummerSlam, I would definitely do Adam Cole versus Samoa Joe because the, the seeds are already planted right then and there for Cole and Joe. Um, then you probably move on to maybe Survivor Series, ask if they're going to do a takeover or at least roughly around the same time. Maybe we get Johnny Gargano uh, build over to the next takeover Rumble season. Maybe we get uh, Pete Dunne. Um, and then, you know, maybe we build over to a carrying Cross. Who knows? Who knows? But the, the crop of talent is there. Samoa Joe already in like the first day back in NXT has made NXT must-see television, and I am so excited to see what is more to come of Samoa Joe. It's just fucking awesome, man. It's just great. I, I'm you can't can you tell I'm a big Samoa Joe fan? I just love his work, and that he absolutely deserves everything that's given to him because everything he gives, he knocks it out of the fucking park, man. This is why we have Triple H here, and we have Triple H to thank here. We have Triple H to thank for bringing back Samoa Joe.
let's get on to the rest of the news we have going on this week. So John Cena recently did an interview with Chris Van Vliet and to kind of promote the Fast and Furious 9 movie that he's going to be a part of as uh, Dominic's little brother. Um, and Chris asked him, you know, when is it that you're going to, you know, we haven't seen you wore jean shorts in a while. When was the last time you did that? And John Cena um, <laughs> replies, says uh, that he hasn't worn jorts since not this year's past WrestleMania, but the WrestleMania prior to that. He's like, I will say it's been a while since I've worn jorts, and you will definitely be seeing me wear jorts again. And Chris Van Vliet said this. So this isn't a matter of if if you're coming back to WWE. It's a matter of when. He's like, oh, yes, absolutely, come to when. I mean, we've seen reports of John Cena to be returning for the live events coming soon in July, uh, leading up to the events of Money in the Bank uh, and possibly SummerSlam. There's the heavily, heavily rumored uh, slash slash reported match of John Cena versus Roman Reigns for the Universal title at SummerSlam this year. I mean, SummerSlam, they're making like this year's WrestleMania. You know, they, they, they want it to be uh, a huge, huge event. You know, they're having it in, over in Las Vegas. Uh, that holds, I want to say, like 60,000 people, if I'm correct, 60,000. So so they want it to be a full-capacity crowd. They want it to be a big, big deal. So, yeah, let you know, John Cena versus Roman Reigns right now is a big money match, and it's a match I want to see. I want to see the John, you know, John Cena, because we haven't seen him in so long, wrestle a match, and I want to see Roman Reigns in this version of himself against John Cena. We saw them both as baby faces, but we want to, we, we want to see like the tribal chief go up against John Cena right now because that's the guy who's making money for WWE right now. It is Roman Reigns as the tribal chief of the head of the table, you know? So... We'd love to see John Cena return against Roman Reigns, but um, there's some other guys we could see John Cena return against. I think another guy who John Cena should for sure have a match against returning this time around in WWE is Drew McIntyre. I think Drew McIntyre still to this day is doing a phenomenal job. He has been consistently putting out really, really great work. Um, despite right now with what's going on with him in the WWE title scene, and I'll get into my predictions later with the with Hell in a Cell coming up this weekend, um, we should see Drew kind of move down in the car just a little bit. But I think a big money match for Drew down the line would be him versus John Cena because where he's at right now would definitely boost his stock. You know, maybe um, could we see Drew versus John Cena at WrestleMania next year? Um, that's a possibility. Uh, I definitely would like to see that match because just again, because I think that Cena will be returning to face Roman in a singles match at Mania this year. Sorry, uh, SummerSlam this year. So we'll have to wait and see as far as what goes on there. But um, yeah, John Cena appeared to be returning very, very soon. Um, I mean, I we I mean maybe we could see Drew versus Cena at Money in the Bank. Maybe uh, I could definitely see that. Um, it, Money in the Bank has turned into more of a like a it's a wrong. Brought into its own thing like the Rumble and Mania, you know. Uh, so winning the Money in the Bank ladder match is a big, big deal. So I, I would say possibly. I mean, we got the first the first match we ever had between John Cena and AJ Styles was at Money in the Bank. So maybe the first match we get between Drew McIntyre and John Cena is at Money in the Bank. Although maybe it's not their first match. They 
probably could have had a match when Drew was still in the company. I, I don't know. Don't quote me on that. Because that's at that point in wrestling, I wasn't necessarily watching. I was kind of in and out, kind of seeing some things. That, that 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 part of wrestling, that era, is very very uh, vague to me. It's it's like a, it's a blur, honestly. So, yeah, I would like to see Drew McIntyre versus John Cena at some point. So, what else we have going on is later other news in WWE is that we're going to be having, as of tonight of this recording, Roman Reigns versus Rey Mysterio for the Universal Championship inside Hell in a Cell on SmackDown. Now, that is one surefire way to try and make people boost the, to boost the ratings and to make people watch your show is to have your fucking Hell in a Cell match on SmackDown. Now, the only major downside to that is that there are now zero. Well, I, would, I shouldn't say zero. Probably, I think Drew versus Lashley is Hell in a Cell. You went from one Hell in a Cell match this Sunday to two. Sorry, from two to one. So, it's interesting because apparently Sean was, Sean was texting me right before this show I recorded and was telling me how that we're going to be getting Drew. Sorry, we're going to be getting Roman versus Ray inside Hell in a Cell on, on SmackDown tomorrow. I'm like, what? He's like, it was a series of tweets. Ray just pretty much said, fuck it. Let's just do it tomorrow. And Roman's like, fine, let's do it. So it's been announced, Ray versus Roman. Um, th- Very interesting. Very, very interesting. So, I mean, the feud is kind of, it's kind of just happened out of nowhere between Ray and Roman. I mean, it makes sense because they were they were attacking them. I, I think I spoke last week about the Usos and, and Mysterios having their tag team match last week. But I will say, um, as much as a as great of a match I think it will be, Sean led this theory on, and this and I can't take credit for this because Sean was texting me this and he was telling me this that he believes that this Sunday instead of he because I was saying to him. Well, you can't have a pay-per-view right now without Roman Reigns as Universal Champion on the show. There's no way you can you can have you cannot have Roman Reigns on a pay a, not be on a WWE pay-per-view. So I so what is it? So Sean is speculating that it's not going to be obviously not going to be Ray versus Roman, but this Sunday we'll get Roman Reigns defending the Universal Championship inside Hell in a Cell against Jimmy Uso. It would be a really, really great concept that way. Jimmy Uso versus Roman Reigns. We got Jay Uso versus Roman Reigns inside Hell in a Cell, which was one of my favorite matches of last year, of 2020. And we've seen the tension built up between uh, Jimmy and Jay and Roman. Whereas Jimmy is trying to bring Jay back to the light so they can be the Usos, the best tag team in the world. And whereas Roman is trying to manipulate Jay and he's trying to say, like, you are going to be back to where you were. Your main event, Jay Uso now. If you go back with him, you're going to be back to obscurity and just being another Uso, which Roman did to him last week on SmackDown. I talked about it. Um, it's like, yeah, like, like, dude. He's like Roman is like the master of manipulation right now, and he is just fucking. He's a he's brilliant. He's a mastermind. So it makes you wonder what's going to happen with Roman Reigns this Sunday at Hell in a Cell. And I have to agree with Sean. It's 
definitely got to be Jimmy versus Roman inside Hell in a Cell. And surely that's going to be the event. Excuse me, the main event. There's no way it's not going to be the main event. I mean, because Roman's matches, especially in this pandemic era, his matches have been more on building his character, especially in the early stages. It was building upon his character and really hammering home with his with this tribal chief head of the table gimmick, you know? So whereas now when you see Roman, it's like, you know, he's he's elevating his opponents. He's elevating his opponents and you know, you think they might win, but in the end they all bow down to the tribal chief. They all they all acknowledge that who's the head of the table, you know. Just given his uh, given his his matches with Cesaro, his match with Cesaro, his matches with Daniel Bryan this year, the triple threat at WrestleMania, you know, the just and to go back last year with Jay, his matches with Jey Uso, Roman has done so much in this time where he is solidified, and now with fans returning, there's there's not a doubt in my mind that. He is going to be like booed and jeered, you know. Uh, John, going back to John Cena, you know, he talked about Roman Reigns, saying that the person who really elevated and who really maximized his time with this pandemic era, this Thunderdome era of WWE, is Roman Reigns. Because Cena made a good point saying that a lot of fans probably were just going to boo or cheer or not really going to care what Roman would have to say. With this whole thing of him mastering his promos and his cadence and how he wants this character to come across, it's really worked in favor of Roman. And who knows what where he would be had the pandemic not come around, you know, I, I think that I'd have to agree with Cena in the sense that this could have really helped. This probably helped Roman a hell of a lot, you know. My only issue is that I wish WWE really put the time and effort into how great Roman Reigns' character has been with just really the rest of the roster, you know. Roman, I mean, he is doing great character work and great heel work, in, so to speak, just, you know, on, on his own merits alone. But he looks so great in comparison to the rest of the roster. You know, I, I just wish they were able to elevate Roman the way they uh, elevate other guys the way they've elevated Roman. Like, you know, I wish Drew McIntyre could be on Roman Reigns' level. And as great as I, I love Drew, but he is not on Roman's level as far as the promo game and the character and all that. You know, uh, Bobby Lashley has done well as champion, and I wish he could get him on that same level. You know, because when you think about WWE and all the the stars that have come around, like large-than-life superstars over the years, you think of guys like Hulk Hogan, Macho Man Randy Savage, Ric Flair. I mean, Ric Flair probably more WCW, but, but you know what I mean. Uh, guys like Shawn Michaels, The Undertaker, Mankind, uh, The Rock, Stone Cold Steve Austin, John Cena, uh, and now we're th thinking Roman Reigns. Also, CM Punk and Daniel Bryan to that aspect too. And now Roman Reigns and in this era of WWE, you know, I, you know, I just wish they would do that, and, and I think. It's it's a shame because there are a lot of guys who I think could be on Roman's level 
had they developed the time and the effort that they are putting into Roman's character. Um, I think a few guys in particular who could be on that level, um, for one, I think that Kevin Owens can be on that level. I think AJ Styles as well. Nakamura. Uh, you know, I mean, The Fiend. Bray Wyatt. I mean, Bray Wyatt can for sure be on that level as Roman Reigns as far as like a larger than life character, but they've just, you know, they've fucked that up many, 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 many times, as we all know. Uh, but just just those guys, just a few, you know, I mean, those guys could be on the level of Roman Reigns. I mean, Drew McIntyre really should as well, considering a while ago Triple H was saying how he feels Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre could be like a Rock versus, uh, versus Steve Austin type of feud that we could see for years and years to come. And yeah, it could be, considering the match that we saw last year at Survivor Series. I've been pushing for Drew to go to SmackDown for fucking ever because I don't want to see him on Raw anymore. I don't want to see him keep fighting for the championship over and over and over again. Um, I just want Drew to do other things at this point. I want Drew to go on and do other things. Um, there's a there's a rumored draft that's going to be happening sometime after SummerSlam, so I hope Drew goes over to SmackDown. Um, I hope a lot of people go over to SmackDown. You know, I hope like uh, who else is on the roster? <laughs> I can't even think right now. You know, I, I hope that Drew could go to SmackDown. I hope that maybe I hope that Shayna Baszler can go to SmackDown with the ridiculousness that they've been having her do. Now, again, I'm not covering Raw on this podcast anymore because I just can't stomach to really. Honestly, look at it, watch it, whatever. You know, I think you know. I, I honestly, if I'm if I'm being quite quite frank, uh, I wish everybody who's on Raw who could who could be worth any kind of like real star power would go over to SmackDown. I mean, I'm looking at the the Raw roster right now. AJ Styles probably go back to SmackDown, but AJ's a main guy. Cedric Alexander, they don't know what they're doing with. Um, oh, here's an interesting guy we haven't seen. Damian Priest. Where the hell has Damian Priest been? We have not seen Damian Priest since his uh, zombie lumberjack match back at WrestleMania Backlash. We don't know where the hell he is. He's 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 nowhere to be found. You know, uh, we we can go on and on and on about how like you know bad Raw is and everything. You know, I mean Keith Lee, we haven't seen him, but it's, apparently he's been gone for undisclosed health reasons and. Hopefully we will get confirmation as to what is going on with Keith Lee. I love Keith Lee, and I hope he's doing okay. Um, one report I was reading before we started that apparently Vince is very high on Reginald, and that's honestly not surprising whatsoever, considering the push they've been giving him in the women's division, for fuck's sake. Um, really, I that it's not surprising at all whatsoever. Um I just really, really, and there's an, and there's another report going on, and this kind of makes sense, but kind of doesn't. So apparently, the WWE know kind of knows how bad Raw has been. They know how, and apparently, it's been purposefully bad. You see where I'm going with this? It's been purposefully bad. So. Apparently they 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 they're probably saving for the better stuff for the live crowds to come back, and then there are gonna be big changes and big surprises once fans do come back. And I'm thinking to myself, 
why are you actively trying to make your product bad? Why? Because we've seen wrestling in the past year still be really good elsewhere. You know, AEW Dynamite for for AEW just in general, as an example, uh, it was the best and still is the best wrestling in the pandemic era. Like, I can name just some of the best matches of last year were from AEW alone in the pan and i'm not even going to count uh revolution that you know the obviously you can say omega and the bucks omega and hangman versus the bucks at uh at revolution best match 2020 absolutely by show by far for sure but i can name you at least five matches from aew dynamite that were leaps and bounds better than most of the matches in wwe uh, the Young Bucks versus FTR at at uh, full gear. We also had uh, Kenny Omega versus Pentagon in the uh, the Eliminator tournament. We also have John Moxley versus Eddie Kingston, John Moxley versus Brody Lee, and Brody Lee versus Cody Rhodes in that amazing squash match for the TNT title. And quite frankly. Uh, one of the best squash matches I've I think I've seen in wrestling. Just absolutely brutal. Cody got like zero offense in that match, and the disrespect of Brody Lee afterwards, not even hooking the leg, looking like an absolute monster, solidifying himself, doing the best work of his career, and bringing the Dark Order to a whole new uh, fucking uh, uh, I don't want to say genre. But bring them a new outlook on life in their faction. I mean, don't get me wrong. There were great matches that happened in WWE last year too. But as far as the week, just a few of those matches I mentioned, a lot of them were weekly televised matches. Brody versus Cody at the, at the, the squash match. You know, Penta versus Omega. That was on TV. With the exception of the other of the other few, uh, like Moxley and Omega, and then FTR and the Young Bucks on being on TV, you know, there's here's another match that was better on AEW TV than most matches on Raw or SmackDown. Um, the Young Bucks versus Pac and Ray Phoenix earlier this year. Meltzer gave it five stars. Another match that was great, that was better than most of the matches WWE. Kenny Omega versus Ray Phoenix for the New Year's special. That they did. Another match of the year contender. Like AEW is putting on amazing matches. On pay-per-view. I would dare say pay-per-view quality matches. On free television. Like what the fuck. Like why can't why can't Raw do that? You know SmackDown has had its moments with Roman. Like because the one I think of with Roman is with him and Daniel Bryan. Him and Daniel Bryan having that amazing match. Brian's last match currently in WWE. So why can't they why can't WWE capitalize on that? Why can't they just allow this shit, let the guys work they want to do and do what they want? Because we have a crazy old man who's at the top. A crazy old man who just doesn't who really is the problem is Vince. It's been a Vince for a very, very long time. I don't know how optimistic I am to to see how things will change once fans come in, once the you know 
they end this Thunderdome era of, of Raw and WWE in general. I'm not very optimistic because the product has been shit and stale and so, so bad for so, so long that I will have to just wait and see, as my good buddy Joe says, former guest of this podcast, just wait and see what happens. Uh, just So I'm not waiting and see. He's like, we'll see. We'll see. Because uh, I have, I was always the optimistic one. I was always the one to be like, yeah, yeah, you know, this could be good. He's like, yeah, we'll see. Always bringing it down. But Joe, my buddy, he was a he was um, he was ahead of the curve with this one. You know, again, AEW's been putting on amazing matches on weekly television, and Raw and SmackDown mostly aren't. Speaking of AEW. Let's get on to the news with AEW that they will be having their first arena style, well, arena. Uh, they're going to be holding their first event in New York City. AEW is going to be deb- debuting at the USTA Arthur Ashe, 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 I think I might be saying that wrong, stadium on September 22nd. Tony Khan announced this and he said that they wanted to originally do this before the pandemic. Um, and now they're going to be doing it now. Um, I don't know if that was necessarily the case, but it could have. It could have been. Who knows? Not particularly sure what the capacity limit here is in that venue. I'm going to look it up real quickly. Um, the capacity that they're going to be having in this stadium going to be the Grand, uh, Grand Slam, as this article says. Um, the capacity for this arena is 23,771. That's a lot of fucking people. That's a lot of people for one venue, and it possibly could be uh, AEW's, maybe its biggest uh, that, that they've had for crowd capacity. Um, I remember just seeing somebody uh, on Cody quote retweeting it or putting, putting it out there on Twitter, and a guy says to him, good luck getting that many people in one arena. And Cody just simply replies, uh, quoting the tweet, saying, "Someone's people have told me this before, and hence all in. That's the show where someone asks Meltzer, as we all know the story, if you don't know the story, uh, someone asks Meltzer if Ring of Honor in New Japan could run an arena style show like WWE, and he's like, no, I don't think just at right now the numbers just aren't there, the demand isn't high enough, and Cody's just like, I'll take that bet, Dave, and hence all out, all in was born. Um, this will be happening the week uh, this week. It'll be happening uh, the week after my AEW show on September fifteenth. Uh, on September twenty second in September, I just said September a billion fucking times. But anyway, um, it, it's probably gonna be a huge, huge show. I I'd probably expect like almost a pay per view quality event. Probably a big, big match. Maybe a title match. Maybe. Um. If there is, uh, I might be getting with, with, together with Sean. And be like, "Hey, man, let's uh, let's go to let's go to Queens as well. <laughs> let's go to that, and let's go to Newark." Uh, but I'm just this is huge for AEW. Uh, they were recently on Forbes magazine, uh, you know, recently saying a thing like, "You know, McMahon better watch out." Over the headline was, and you see Hikaru Shida getting stomped by Britt Baker. Uh, you know. AEW, man, they they are a serious, I'd say a serious threat at this point. If you go based off of what they had, that amazing, amazing hot crowd for Double or Nothing last weekend, you, you just have to imagine that 
with the live crowds coming back, it's going to be legit competition now for WWE, I'd have to imagine. Because I truly believe before the pandemic happened, I believe they were going to be just, they, they were just going on a slow, slow uh, upward uh, angle. They were going up and up and up, and, you know, they started to go down a bit, and they kind of laid steady with the pandemic, you know? So it's just a testament to say that they. I, I I think live events like house shows would have been a thing. I think you know, uh, ticket sales would have grown. The, the the views would have gotten more on Dynamite every week. You know, obviously, with the pandemic, they didn't necessarily get as much views, and they probably would have been getting more and more views had NXT not run on the same exact night. So that being said, I think this is this is when people who maybe maybe some naysayers, maybe some naysayers of NXT, uh, sorry AEW, being like, oh, you know, they're they're not, you know, they're just, uh, they're just, you know, no one's gonna beat WWE, no one's gonna do this, they're the other, they're not that, they're the overhyped and this or whatever, bunch of flippy shit, not, you know, because there are a lot of AEW haters out there, and I just have to say that. I think AEW is the best form of wrestling right now as far as weekly television. It's my favorite wrestling that I love to watch. It is my favorite wrestling promotion at the moment. Um, you know, majority of my favorite wrestlers are there. Kenny Omega, Hangman Page, John Moxley, uh, Eddie Kingston, you know, uh, John Silver, just in a few, Darby Allin, uh, you know, Orange Cassidy, FTR, MJF, the Young Bucks. You know, so many of my favorite wrestlers are there in AEW. Uh, that it's just it's just entertaining, you know. Every every single person, you know, plays their role perfectly. You know, uh, it doesn't. There are a lot of ex WWE talent there, yes, but they but they they utilize each person and they they don't oversaturate. You know, guys like Christian Cage and Matt Hardy are in AEW, but they're not like the main focus. They're not using them to try and make laps WWE fans or like. You know, trying to get them to watch here and there. Like they did it, kind of did it in the beginning with Jericho as the champion. But when you're starting a new wrestling company and you want laps fans, obviously you're going to put the title on Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho is a household name, and he's obviously a main, you know, a crossover uh, mainstream star to all wrestling fans across the board. So yeah, you're going to do that. But what they've done in the past, you know, couple of years, just being around, they've really honed in on their talent on guys like Kenny Omega and Hangman Page, Brian Cage, Darby Allin, Orange Cassidy. Uh, they've really honed in on those guys, and they've really made a, a big deal about them, you know? So that that's where I see AEW will flourish, and I also see in the near future with all of this happening, I believe, I truly believe we're going to get more Impact guys and girls to show up on on AEW Dynamite. We're gonna get more guys from New Japan. You know, we'll probably see more people from AAA and uh, MLW because we've been seeing AEW guys go over to Impact and New Japan. Ask you know, we've been seeing some people here and there on Dynamite. I know we we saw we saw Eugene Agata a little while ago. We saw we saw Kenta. Uh, you know, Gallows and Anderson are you know they're there every week with the Elite. They're that. They're pretty much on AEW television. They're just contracted to uh, to uh, Impact, which interestingly enough, we saw uh, with uh, the Hard to Kill review. I think it was with uh, with Kenny Omega uh, beating Moose. It was filmed in Jacksonville, and Sammy Callahan 
attacking Omega to where Don Callis, you know, he's kind of like running things over an impact. Like if you do, if you hurt, if you hit it one more time, Sammy, you're fired. And then Don Callis fired Sammy Callahan. So we could possibly, could we possibly see Sammy Callahan show up on Dynamite pretty soon? Could we see him feud with Kenny Omega for the Impact World Championship? And I truly, truly hope we do. Because we need to, like I said, we need more impact guys and girls to show up on AEW Dynamite. We need guys like Sammy Callahan, uh, like Rich Swan. Uh, I know Moose did the thing with Moose already with the title, you know, but to have Moose show up, you know, uh, we see Gallows and Anderson every week, uh, you know, get the Motor City Machine Guns in there. Uh, Chris Sabian recently made his return. To, uh, to impact, I think I still read something a little uh, before I started here doing this podcast. You know, there's a lot of great talent over an impact, and, you know, we can mix them up with guys in AEW. I mean, immediately a guy who I want to see Sammy Callahan fight is John Moxley. I mean, just get those two, have them do a lights out, unsanctioned match, and those two will beat the living shit out of each other. You know, we will just have blood and freaking thumbtacks. We'll have barbed wire bats. We'll just, it was, it's probably the exploding barbed wire death match we would have wanted to have between these two, despite the finish. Um, but I, I just think Sammy Callahan and John Moxley would just have an amazing fucking match, an absolutely barn burner of a hardcore match. And we need to start getting these guys on AEW Dynamite. And real quickly, speaking of John Moxley, congratulations to him and Renee Young. They just gave birth to Renee just gave birth to their baby girl not too long ago, announcing on Twitter. And yeah, this it's very, very nice for them. Congratulations to Moxley and Renee. Now, if you realized, all the members of the Shield are dads. They're all dads. Seth Rollins, John Moxley, Roman Reigns, they're all dads. I can just picture all the little kids running around and spearing each other, power bombing, yeah, hitting dirty deeds and curve stomps while Roman, Seth, and 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 uh, and Mox are all just hanging out in the back, and Roman's on the on the barbecue, and Moxley's trying to have a beer and hang out with Seth, and like I right, go go spear each other again. I I just rambled on for a fucking minute there. Anyway. I guess we should go off and try and wrap things up here in a few minutes with the Hell in a Cell predictions. Um, I already gave a bit of insight of what I think and what Sean thinks is going to happen for this Sunday for Hell in a Cell, where we believe that Jimmy Uso will be facing Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship this Sunday. Uh, And I think in that regard, Roman is definitely going to win. I think Roman's going to be winning tonight on SmackDown against Rey Mysterio. There's no way Roman is losing this title anytime soon. I've said it many times. I don't think Roman is going to be leaving, uh, losing that championship probably for another year or so, maybe two. Who knows? The way he's going, he can hold on to that championship until he fucking retires for all I care, honestly. But let's get into the rest of the actual card. Um, there were five. Now there are four. Um, I will say real quickly, I think Seth Rollins versus Cesaro is probably going to happen on maybe this Sunday. 
And in that case, I think Cesaro will probably win. I don't think a loss to Rollins will really hurt him in any way. But we're not even sure if that match is going to be happening. And if it is, it's probably being announced at the time I've already posted this fucking podcast. So there you go. First up, we have Shayna Baszler versus Alexa Bliss. Um, this is definitely going to go to Alexa Bliss because this they've been very high on her, obviously, with the spooky bullshit and, you know, Shayna, you know, being scared of a fucking doll. Uh, so I, I don't see Shayna Baszler walking out with the victory here, even though she really should. So Alexa Bliss for the win. Uh, next up, we have uh, Bianca Belair, the SmackDown Women's Champion, taking on Bayley for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Uh, I'm going to go with Bianca here because Bianca just, she still hasn't held that title for a while. Uh, she's doing a great job with it. And I think this is just to kind of cap off the feud. Maybe we can get a Sasha Banks return and maybe build up to a, uh, a SummerSlam match between her and Bianca. Uh, you know, Bianca, Sasha, too, uh, would be really, really great. Uh, I just think that, you know, it's time for Bianca to move on from Bailey and move on to someone else. Next up, we have Rhea Ripley, the Raw Women's Champion, versus Charlotte Flair for the, uh, like I said, the Raw Women's Championship. Um, it's, it's very, very unpredictable when you have Charlotte Flair involved in a championship match, but I am going to go with Rhea Ripley here. Rhea, just like Bianca, has not held that title for that long, and I think this should be, it should be the, the solidifying point where Rhea Ripley has beaten Charlotte Flair and Rhea can move on to bigger and better things. Then again, who else is Rhea Ripley going to go up against after this? Oh, God, now that I'm thinking about it, they probably want to do Alexa Bliss versus Charlotte Flair at SummerSlam. Fuck. Uh, moving on, uh, Rhea Ripley is my pick. And last but not least, we have the WWE Champion with MVP in his corner, Bobby Lashley, defending against Drew McIntyre inside Hell in a Cell, where it is called a last-chance Hell in a Cell match, where if Drew McIntyre loses, he will no longer be able to challenge for the WWE Championship as long as Bobby Lashley is the champion. So... I think we're going to be going with big old baldy Bobby Lashley retaining the WWE Championship and walking out of hell, a cell, hell in a cell as the WWE Champion. I mentioned earlier, I think Drew has been doing a phenomenal job in this whole COVID era of WWE, but he needs to move on from the championship. He needs to move past the WWE Championship, and he needs to move on to other things. He needs to move on to other opponents. You know, uh, I would like to see you know Drew maybe uh, have some matches with guys like Matt Riddle. You know, maybe have him face. Uh, I'm thinking Matt Riddle or other people in the Raw roster. Let's pull him up again. Uh, you know, maybe Damian Priest bring him back. Where the fuck is Damian Priest? Uh, again, you know, maybe have Drew go and have some matches with AJ Styles. Maybe have some matches with uh, with Ricochet. I mean, Ricochet's not doing too much either. Have him go against Drew. Uh, you know, have him just feud with somebody else. Do something else for a little while because uh, it's it's become stale and or it's about to become stale. And I don't want that for Drew because Drew is one of my favorite wrestlers currently going on in WWE and in the world at the moment. I've uh, it's no secret how much I love Drew McIntyre, but Bobby Lashley I think will retain here, and I really think he needs to retain because I think they're going to be building to a big big SummerSlam match between Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam. That's not necessarily confirmed, but 
I think if you really want to make SummerSlam a really, really big, big money show for people that you absolutely cannot miss this show, to make people want to buy plane tickets, get a hotel, and buy a ticket to this show, uh, you definitely want to have not only Roman Reigns versus John Cena, the main event for the Universal title, but Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar for the WWE Championship at SummerSlam. I personally think that's what should be going on, and that's what the route they should be going in. Anyway, that'll do it for this episode of the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. Uh, We will be back once again next week, like we are every single Friday. Uh, Please be sure to be following us on Twitter at T-N-A-W-P. That's T-N-A-W-P on Twitter, the Not Another Wrestling Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. If you'd like to follow me on Twitter, my Twitter handle is at CJ underscore 1214 and on Instagram at CJ underscore 1293. I'll be putting up some polls before the weekend comes for Hell in a Cell. Uh, what are you most looking forward to? What match are you most looking forward to this coming weekend? Do you think we're going to be seeing any title changes? Do you think we're going to be seeing anything of that ilk? Let me know. Uh, We're going to be asking, you know, what are you most looking forward to as far as Dynamite? Are you watching Dynamite right now on Fridays? Or are you waiting for them to come back on Wednesdays? Let me know what you think at TNAWP on Twitter. Remember, at TNAWP on Twitter. Let me know what you think. And if you are, like I said before, if you are a Marvel or Star Wars fan, please be over and go over to my other podcast. Check out at Fan Speculation on Twitter and Fan Speculation underscore pod on Instagram. Uh, Unfortunately, we had no episode this week, but please go back and listen to all of our previous episodes. We cover WandaVision, the Falcon Winter Soldier, uh, the first episode of Loki, the Bad Batch, and so much more. Myself and my co-host, Vinny Carini, will be back next week breaking down episodes two and three of Loki and episodes seven and eight, or eight and nine, eight and nine of the Bad Batch series. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Please be sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, your favorite podcast app, and leave us a five-star review and write a review. Thank you all so much for listening. I've been CJ Palmasano. I'll see you next time.